You know, the first TTM meeting was on a Wednesday. That's what's interesting. Okay? I still remember it. 12th or 15th, whatever, one of them is January, or a Wednesday rather, of December. And that was the first TTM meeting. And it was blessed. We were still communicating the vision at that time. And it's good to see where we are now. And there's more. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. So Romans chapter 10. And I'm reading to you from verse 17. The word tells us, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The teaching and word we get from the Bible can be taught anywhere else. They don't teach it to us in school. It's spiritual knowledge. Only the Bible teaches us the word of God. School can't teach us. And in fact, a lot of what we have in school is inspired by the word or the teaching that we have in the Bible. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let's actually begin to break that down. Are we ready? Okay. The first by... Now, a lot of the original New Testament was written in Koine Greek. Okay? The first by is not the same as the second one. Are you ready? The first by is the Greek word ek or ex, and it means to proceed from. So, Faith comes by hearing. The second by is the word dia, and it means channel or through. So, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the channel of the word. So, when the word is coming to you like that, it's ministering faith to you. And it's not just about knowing what faith is. You know, some, you know, they ask, what's your faith? What's your this? You know, these are common expressions that, you know, people have. But what is faith? Why is it needed? Does it change my life? When you say you have faith or you don't have faith? Hebrews chapter 1. The biblical definition of faith. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, 1. Faith is substance. 
The reason this teaching is important is because we actually do employ these things that we're saying. The verb for faith is believing. Hmm? That's the verb. Faith is a noun. When you are applying your faith, you say you are believing. But here's the contradiction or the tricky part. People, I've heard people say, I'm believing God for a car. What are they really doing? Do they have the car? No. They're believing God for it. So they hope to get a car and they are believing God for it. But according to this definition, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Meaning that faith is the actual thing that we are hoping for. So if you say that you are believing God for a car or a laptop or something, what is faith? This is important. Because it means that you don't actually need to have faith for something if you have faith. Faith is that thing. And now he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's explain that. I'll give you an example. The spirit of God is in a time of creation. He's moving upon the face of the waters and he wants light. And then he says, light be. He speaks his word. His word goes forth. And what happens? Light becomes. Are you aware? As he spoke, that was faith. Now, is he trying to use that word or the faith to get the light? No. He spoke the light into being. I have a feeling that this is a complex one for you to understand. I feel like it's a complex one. Are you following it? The point is, faith is the very thing that you want. It is represented by the word of God. If God says, light be, it will become. What that means is, light is that faith. Faith is that light. The word of God is like its representation. It's not just a tool to get that light. It is the very light itself. Now, if I say to you, be healed in Jesus' name, you are not relying on, you're not trying to use faith to get that healing. That word that was spoken to you is the healing. When you receive that word by faith into your heart, what happens? You have received healing. That word was the very healing that you wanted. Sometimes, this is the, the part that you don't understand. But it is when you understand that God works by words. If he tells you something, you have it. That's how he functions. He's a spirit. If he tells you, 
You have this. You have it. Say you've been asking him for something. The moment you hear in your time of prayer, it's yours. It's yours. All he needed was to get that word to you. Which would minister faith to you. Which faith is the substance of the thing you were hoping for. But while that's not my main subject, I want to actually give you seven functions of faith in the life of the believer. Seven functions of faith. Okay? That's my main subject. I just wanted to share a bit of that with you. Because faith is very important. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, it tells us that the just shall live by faith. The just are believers. Just means justified ones. Okay? The just shall live by faith. They live by the laws of faith. Meaning that the just cannot truly live out their justified life without faith. In other words, the Christian life is not possible without a thorough understanding of faith. And actually, the effectiveness of your Christian life or the greatness of your Christian life, the beauty of your Christian life is hidden in your understanding of faith, your understanding and application of faith. Faith, if you remove faith from the Christian life, it's no longer Christianity. It's ordinary. It's regular human life. Faith is our divine element. It is actually what connects everything divine about us to the natural. So, six or seven functions of faith in your life. Number one. Are we ready? The living principle. That's point number one. The living principle. I get that from Romans chapter one. Let's see. Romans chapter one, verse 16. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For this gospel is the power of God Unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, that's verse 17, he says, In this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. It doesn't say the just shall use their faith, but they live by faith. You literally exist by faith and continue in that life by faith, he says. So you live by the principle of the unseen. Faith is an unseen life, but it is witnessed by things in the scene. Okay? He says the just shall live by faith. We live by faith. I'll give you another scripture to help you that is more relatable. The scripture that says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, how does faith come again? By the word of God. Hearing by the word of God, right? When he says we walk by faith, it means that it does not matter what our senses tell us or what we feel. Only the word of God is true. 
it's why you could have a headache. You could have you could even be feeling down. You could be feeling depressed, but you still say I'm joyful. Whenever you see walk, usually when you see walk in the New Testament, it's usually a physical action you take based on a spiritual change. For example, he says that we are children of light. Therefore, we should walk as children of light. Means, act out this thing now. God tells you, you're born again, you're a child of light, act like one. Now, he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. It means we carry ourselves by faith. We operate by faith and not by sight. Not by what we see, not by what we feel. So, it will be wrong to know who you are by how you feel. By what you see. By what seems to come from, you know, your senses. It's why when people say, I am sick. Oh, I think I'm sick. I tell them, no, say you're feeling sick. You can feel that way. Because you can feel anything. You have sensory ability. You can touch, right? You can taste, of course. But when it comes to who you truly are, what you truly are, how you feel. You know, a man by the name Smith Wigglesworth. Someone asked him, how are you feeling today? He said, um, you don't determine, or Smith Wigglesworth does not determine how I feel. I determine how Smith Wigglesworth feels. I decide what I am. If you begin to walk by faith, it means that your experience now is only what the word of God says about you. And why is faith a fight? Because it would not always appear like what you have there. But it's the living principle. It governs everything about you and your approach to life. In Romans chapter, actually Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, we see something. It says, by faith we understand. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. He says, we have this understanding by faith, that everything around us did not just come from nowhere. It came from the unseen. And it was brought to bear by the word of God. So, if this is our understanding, it means that for every physical thing we see, we always try to see what is the unseen thing behind it. When you say it's your living principle, it's like the principle by which you live. It's like somebody could say, um, this is my culture. It's my way of life. It means that it's so dominant that that's how they view everything. Now, God wants us to be spiritually minded. That means faith is our lens. When we see a natural factor, when we see something, he wants us to think, what's the unseen principle behind it? So when you see problems, do you check for the spiritual? I once had a person. Fact is fact. The person was a very lazy person. All right? Very lazy. And we would do everything would talk to this person, encourage this person. You know, you're doing everything. 
And of course, laziness has its uh, fruits. Proverbs tells us that a lazy person's uh, garden will be overgrown because they don't manage anything. They just sit. And it also says that poverty will quickly overtake them. We did everything naturally to try and get this person to be more hardworking, more diligent. Then one day, while thinking about the person's situation, I guess in my spirit I had asked God, what's up with this person? It was not like this is not a case where, okay, there was a devil that was making a spirit of laziness, I rebuke you. No. But the Lord told me that what the person needs, have you, have you ever heard the power of God described like electricity? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that before? That power of God is like electricity. Like don't worry. The person needs to be kind of recharged. Have you seen how somebody acts when electricity is Have you ever been shocked before? Mm-hmm. Through your whole body. Even the laziest person starts to scream. Mm-hmm. And it was like that person was lacking that it was a spiritual problem. But they lacked like spiritual power. Something needs to trigger energy through them. Because believe me, they, they have in their mind, they want to be hardworking. They want to, it's not like the person likes where they are. But he showed me that there was a problem. This is what happens when faith is your living principle. Long story short, I started some prayer stuff with the person. It got a hold of them. And they noticed, they started powering through life. The reason is because there was a weakness. It's like the battery in them was weak. And the Bible tells us what? He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. A Greek scholar said that it's similar to the word charges himself. It's like the battery. You feel refreshed. There's something that happens. Number two, faith is your handle on the unseen. Hebrews 11.1 from the message translation. From the message translation, you'll see something interesting there. From the message translation, it says, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. But I want you to see that it's our handle on what we can't see. So faith not only teaches us to look beyond the scene for what truly is the cause of a problem or what is the cause of someone's success. You know, positive thinking, for example, right thinking. Can you see thoughts? But they exist. Where are they real? Your mind. Can you see your mind? So, where is your mind? These aren't... (laughs) He said it's deep. These aren't... (laughs) These unseen things exist in the realm of faith. You know, sometimes when we say realm of faith, people think it's some strange concept. No. The realm of faith just means the realm of the unseen. Anything you can't relate with with your physical. 
is actually real to you in the realm of faith. It's real in the unseen realm. The unseen realm. Look, you know, sometimes there are certain things that have come to people's minds and it's now made spiritual things very hard to relate with. But the very fact that you can think shows that you are a spirit being. Because I just asked you to identify where your mind is. But you know you use your mind every day. You think, some of you are thinking right now, thinking about the next meal you're going to eat. So, you know, people are thinking all sorts of thoughts. So you know that your mind exists. Where does it exist then? People talk about, oh yes, I use my brain. Really? Your mind is working. Your brain just gives us like a natural indication of, okay, he's most likely using this part, this part, this part, this part. It's like memory. All the books you've read and the ones that you've memorized, is there a part in your brain we can check? And we'll see those words like, you know, the chapter one, chapter two, we can see it. So where do these things exist? My point is, it's all in the realm of faith. The realm of faith is what? The realm of the unseen. Say the realm of faith. Is the realm of the unseen. Is the realm of the unseen. Once you understand that, it's, it's very simple. Okay? So, here's the next part of it in understanding. The unseen realm is not far from you. You are in the unseen realm now. What does unseen mean? It just means not seen. It doesn't mean it's like far away. You know, some people say, be in the spirit. And when they say be in the spirit now, people want to teleport, you know. They don't transition. Some people say, your higher self. What do you mean? You're very much here. You have a spirit inside. What they're trying to tap into, maybe, is their inner possibilities. But, you know, if I really wanted to go deep into this, we can get into like Gnosticism, Right? And there are just these people that believe that you need special knowledge, that we are all caged in our bodies, that everything natural about us cages us. And so you need special knowledge to be able to tap into higher places. That's how they were. Okay? They're called Gnostics. Now, in the Greek, when you add A to the back of any word, it's like, it means opposite. So, Gnosticism are people who know. Agnostics are now people who don't know. Agneo is ignorance. My point is when somebody tells you, oh, when you ask somebody, do you believe in God? And they tell you they are what? Agnostic. That's where it comes from. They don't know. They neither know nor don't know. They're just, you know, they're just there. All right? Theist or theism, believing in God. Atheism. Not believing in God. This is how those things came about. I'm just giving you a small history lesson. It's not that useful. So, the point is, faith is a handle on the unseen. It's your ability to manipulate the natural from the unseen realm through prayer, prophecy, and confessions. Faith is also action. This is not the... I'm still on the second point, okay? It's action. Certain actions, for example, your seed, your offering, tithe, these things are spiritual things that you do, but they have natural consequence. But I'm saying your faith, faith is that understanding that you get from the word of God. Your faith is your ability to manipulate the unseen, to handle things in the unseen. So, in the first part, it is the living principle. 
It's how you view life. He says the just shall live by faith. He says if you're justified, if you're born again, I want you to live by faith. I want you to operate by faith. I want you to understand that not everything you see is all there is. There's more. There's something unseen behind it. And you have access to that. You know, you have the eyes of faith. For example, Joshua was before Jericho. And then God said, see, I have given you Jericho. But he had not even started fighting anybody in Jericho. But remember, God is a spirit. He lives in the unseen. So he's expecting Joshua to see with the eyes of faith that Jericho is his. And remember, once that word goes to you, it's already yours. Which is why it doesn't really make sense to say, pray the promises of God. God really doesn't have promises to you. He has things he's already given you. You're just trying to work them out. You're trying to convert spiritual matter into physical substance. Something you can relate with. For example, he said you have eternal life. Meaning you are not meant to fall sick. If you happen to be troubled in your health, your battle is not God make your promise of eternal life real to me. No. He said whoever believes has eternal life. So you already have it. What you're trying to do is get it out of the scriptures and make it real in yours. Point number three, faith is a shield. Faith is a shield against any hurtful thing. Faith is a shield. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. He says, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you will be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about. So he's describing the, describing the armor of God, okay? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So faith is a shield. Faith is your conviction. I know we talked about faith as substance of the thing that you're hoping for. But faith is also your conviction. Your conviction of life. Which comes from where? The word of God. The devil throws thoughts at us. Ideas. Judas didn't just betray Jesus because... You know, the devil just came, snatched Judas' heart, you know, and just said, you're mine from today. That's not how it happened. The Bible says that the devil entered into Judas. Sowed a seed in his, in his mind. Okay? He planted the thought in his mind. Judas accepted it and went on like that. That's how it happened. But faith is a shield. He says, taking the shield of faith with which you can neutralize all the darts of the wicked. So he sends a thought at you and you have a response. Faith is not complete without talking. It's your conviction, but it also has a confession. For example, the devil throws a thought to you. 
of failure. Are you going to be silent and just allow it, you know, settle in your heart? You say, no, 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 no. I know I'm not a failure. I'm not going to say it. That's seed one. He'll send it again. He'll help you water it. By your dwelling on it, it starts to grow. You know, that's how it actually develops into a mindset or a mentality that people, you say, people, I don't know why I think like this. It started somewhere. And then it became like, you know, I always give that, that you know, description. It was sown as a seed. You didn't get rid of it then. You allowed it grow. Now it's become like negative thinking. It's become a tree. How much harder is it to cut down a tree than to get rid of it when it was just a seed? With your finger, you can pull out a seed from the ground. But you can't just use one hand or two or five or ten or twenty to push a tree down. And you know how trees work? They help other trees grow. You know that? Shake off a seed into the ground. That's how people have a forest of negative thinking. Then they are the next people on the deliverance line. But faith is your shield. Is your shield. It's your shield to ward off the attacks of the enemy. Four, faith is your creative power. Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the world was framed by the spoken word of God so that the things that we see were not made of things which do appear. Is your creative power. So with your faith, you can frame your world. You can create anything and bring it to the natural. You can decide that your life goes from favor to favor. By talking every day, framing a new aeon for yourself. Maybe the same way people talk about, oh, I have bad luck. Have you heard people that say that? I have bad luck. Yeah, where well, they're only creating more and more days of bad luck for themselves. Because faith is your creative power. And here's the thing. Faith is not just a good thing. You can have faith in the enemy. That's what's called fear. Fear. Faith in the power of the enemy. Fear is believing that whatever you are afraid of can hurt you, can actually harm you. But what's faith's report? He says, none of the power of the enemy would hurt you. In fact, you would trample upon, meaning you step on all the works of the enemy. You'd walk over it. That's superiority over it. That's faith's report. So when the wrong report comes to you, you respond by faith with your shield. You neutralize it. You say, in the name of Jesus, I have the mind of Christ. You know, that's something I say often. I say, I think the thoughts of God. I refuse to allow the devil use my mind to destroy me. No. Or maybe you're going about something. And then you just imagine something odd. Oh, no. You don't accept it. What's faith's report? It's why it's important for you to now know the word of God. When you know the word of God, you know what to respond with. When you think about your future, oh, somehow you started imagining days of lack, of poverty. You started imagining, no, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know what that means? A land of productivity. A place of harvest. A place of supply. He leads me beside the still waters. Thus, he guides me in the path of safety. He restores my soul. Like, 
When that's your conviction and you voice it, you're creating an aeon for yourself. So it's your creative power. Point number five. Faith is your victory over sin. Sickness and the devil. Your victory over sin. I read to you Romans chapter 1, 16. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Since you've believed, you're saved. He says, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. What that actually means is, as you go from one level of faith to the next, the righteousness of God, that's the correctness of God, is revealed in you more and more. Righteousness. The righteousness of God is actually the perfection of God. Are you aware God is perfect? That's, that's what makes him God. If he were not, then we, don't, we can't call him God. The righteousness of God is the perfection of God. And the more you grow in faith through studying the word of God and putting your faith to work, the more that righteousness is revealed in you. So your quest in life should not even be, Lord, I don't want to make any mistakes today. No. Use one stone to kill two birds. Use one way that will get you the next one. Instead of focusing on whether you pass or fail the exam, why not just study for it? The same way. Instead of wondering whether you sin, you're not sin, just keep increasing in your faith. Keep building your faith. He says that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, from one level of faith to the next. He says it's your victory over sickness. Romans 8, 11. He says, if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead lives in you, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he says, he that raised up Christ from the dead, who is the Holy Spirit, shall also quicken, make alive your body by his spirit that dwells in you. So your faith is your victory over sickness. So when sickness tries to plague your body, do you remember the Holy Spirit? And do you remember to be filled with him? Paul, of all things to brag about in all of the Bible, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. And then in Acts chapter 4, it tells us of the disciples, the believers then, who were preaching and they wanted boldness. The Bible says they prayed and prayed till the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The word filled means replete with the Holy Ghost, meaning every part of you filled with the Holy Spirit. This is an experience. And through your own prayer life that you decide, you can decide how filled and how continually filled you would be. You can decide to be filled once a week. You can decide to be filled three days a week. You can decide to be filled week after week. You can decide a lifetime of being filled with the Spirit. It's all dependent on this. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit... You start to have a different experience of life. For example, the snake jumped out of the fire and bit Paul. It was a venomous serpent. The Bible says that Paul shook it into the fire. It's more like, I condemn you, you can't be the one to finish me. <laughs> That's what Paul did. Because he was replete with the Holy Spirit. 
So victory over sin, sickness, Satan. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, who's that? Jesus, that through death he might destroy him that had power over death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Who's he talking about? Jesus. He said Jesus took part in flesh and blood so that through his death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Did you know Satan had the power of death? So who's the cause of death in the world? He is the devil. Jesus said, or the Bible records, that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. And went about doing good, delivering all those who were oppressed of the devil. So, Satan brings death. He brings sickness. But by your faith in Jesus Christ, you have victory over him. 1 John 4 verse 4. 1 John 4 verse 4. He says, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 5, verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He says, our faith is the victory that overcomes the world, our conviction. Our conviction is the victory that overcomes the world. So what do you believe? Point number six. Faith is how we please God. You know, the things of God only have spiritual value when we do it on the basis of his word. When he tells you to do and you do it, that's when it has value to him. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what does it tell us about all the people we read about in Hebrews chapter 11? It says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Means the things you do by faith have eternal value. Point, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hebrews 11, 5. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. See, by faith, he was warned of things that had not yet been seen. The Bible says he moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world, 
and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. All the people from the Old Testament that God worked with, they operated by faith. They learned to live by faith. They learned to trust in the unseen. Sometimes God is trying to talk to us, but we don't realize. We don't pay attention, maybe because it's not apparent to the senses. It doesn't appear. And then what would now happen is, it would now come through, right, in the natural, and you're like, oh, do you know what? God actually told me about this, you know. But unfortunately, not every circumstance is uh, cool enough to just reflect that God told you. Because sometimes it actually comes at a cost. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. I thought he said he was called. Says by faith, Abraham went somewhere, but he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11, through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past the age of bearing children, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. I want you to see, because in chapter 11, it just gives a long account of people who did things by faith. These people did this based on what they heard from God. They responded to the word of God, because faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. You know, there are so many definitions of faith I've given you now. I told you faith is substance, right? I told you faith is your conviction. Faith is your confession. Faith is the action you take based on, on the word of God. All right? I've told you so many things now. But don't worry, one of these days I'll, I'll put them all together so that you can look at them. There's still more teachings on, on faith like this because it's important. But six was faith is how we please God. Okay? And then verse seven or the last point rather, faith is the key to finishing with a good testimony before God. Faith is the key to finishing with a good testimony before God. A life approved of God. Hebrews 11 verse 2. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. It tells us of Enoch in verse 5. By faith, he had a testimony before his translation that he pleased God. In the message translation of Hebrews 11 that I read, he said, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors. It set them above the crowd. My point is, when you look at these seven benefits or functions of faith, you discover something bigger than what you're living in now. And God expects you to grow from faith to faith, one level of faith to the next. And there are proofs of faith. They're proofs of faith. Remember, it's our connection to the unseen. So let me now ask, what's your favorite function of faith? 
You can look at them. What's your favorite? Or the one that stood out to you the most? The handle on the unseen. Handle on the unseen. Why? Because, I don't know, it uh, helps us manifest. Basically, helps us like bring our future into the present through um, faith so we can declare the things that might not yet have happened as to be as though it was a cult, they are going to happen or something like that. So that's why like, we can start manifesting the things that are going to come like from now through faith. So, yeah. okay. Want to shoot your shot? What was your favorite? It's a shield. It's a shield? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you as well? Mm-hmm. Why? It just reminds you just to not be scared, you know? Because mm. you really are protected just by that. Faith the shield. It's my favorite because uh, from what I've seen, you know, it's very easy for random thoughts to come to your head. You know, I'll be bugging you like it comes like cut for peace. Mm. Start doing something else. Another day it comes. Go eat. Seeing God forbid, God forbid, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. Yeah. It, just, it just makes you feel like you have a problem now. Yeah. But I never, I never, I never saw it this way. Like the thought of failure or something, when it comes, the faith that you have in success, that's what's supposed to block it. You know. Yeah. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Instead of just doing God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's important to give faith report. And faith report is what the Word of God says about the situation. No matter what it is. And it should encourage you to study your Bible more. You know? Find out. When fear comes to your heart, it's an outside thing. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. So you say those scriptures. You know? You say those scriptures to yourself. And the more you say them, the bolder you become. And remember that your mouth makes the convictions of your heart a reality. Very important. Right? The things you say. The things you say. Have you ever uh, heard that song? Who has the final say? Jehovah has the final God gave his last word a long time ago. Put it all in the book. And said that all who believe after you should read this book. And say the very convictions that are in here. For example, the Bible says, They that dwell in Zion shall not say, I am sick. So, are you going to leave it in the pages of the Bible? Just read. Interesting. They that dwell in Zion. Are you aware you are the one that dwells in Zion? <laughs> you are the one that dwells in Zion. You're not going to leave it in those pages. So when something comes to your health, you say, I refuse to be sick. I'm not sick. You understand? Like David said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Colossians 3 tells us, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. So you say, Christ is my life. The spirit of life is at work in me. I refuse to be sick. But when you get to some levels, I refuse to die. The Bible says that these people by faith in Hebrews 11, he says they turned the world upside down. 
And this subject is a very special one. I always get excited about it because people are like, you can't be the first to have discovered this. So what happened to other people? Why did they die? What went wrong with them? But I'll say don't allow convention block your ability to receive truth. You know, the Pharisees asked the question, whether sarcastically or not, there's a lot of scholastic debate about it. They asked the question, has a prophet ever arisen out of Nazareth? When they were trying to judge whether Jesus was a prophet or not. Because they were surprised that one of the Pharisees who was just with Jesus also believed in him. And he said, you think for yourself, has anything good ever come out of, you know, Nazareth? Has a prophet ever arisen from there? But Jesus was very much of Nazareth and he was very much the son of God and was very much the savior of the world. But they were, you know, they were using conventional history. Though there is debate as to some prophets of the Old Testament who actually did come from that area. I have shown you. I don't want to just call it a Bible study and history lesson. But my point is, don't use convention. You know what I mean by convention? What has usually happened to determine whether this is true or not? Trust God for yourself. There are people in this world that are way older than what you have heard the max age or somebody is. It was a personal shock to me when I saw a woman who was 131 years old. I didn't believe it myself. But she was live there in the flesh. And everybody knew that this is her. And she was talking and moving more actively than some of the people I knew at 50-something, 60-something. The question is, the effect of death. It's a long, it's a long subject. Just leave it. Another day we'll look at it actually. But it's interesting. She was not jumping and running like you say in boats. Yeah, that's not my point. But she was moving. Do you understand? She could move. Some people are 70 something, are bedridden. She's 131. She wasn't bedfast or just stuck on the ground. There are mysteries for another day. But. I'll close in prayer. Father, I thank you for the seven functions of faith we've learned today. Thank you for this word. Thank you because we received this word and we're putting it to work every single day. Faith is our living principle. We refuse to live by what we see, what we feel, but we'll live by your word. Faith is our shield. We neutralize the works of the enemy. Our ability to manipulate the unseen realm. To cause change in the natural. Thank you because we will not be fleshly minded. But we will be spiritually minded. Thank you Lord. Faith is our victory over sin, sickness, death, Satan. Thank you because we are not afraid of devils. We are not afraid of the evil one. Because greater is he who is within us than he that is in the world. Thank you Lord. 
Because from today, we live a higher walk of faith, a higher life of faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen.